As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You ever think about quitting? It's the combat of life hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off, and to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative insurgency up, in their man. lives. You fire me up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. Goggins. 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 He's here. Goggins. It's here. <laughs> you know, when you said the other day, When you said, when we say that, when we've got, when you, when the Goggins, when we got Goggins, and you got to make the, like, your, your, your head. It's that party, it's, it's coming into you, and it, you can feel it like a spirit, right? It, and it's like, and it's body. like, it, it's like, it James infects Brown, you. jerk. I, you know, it it was something, I mean, but that happens. Like, I feel Goggins conjured up in my soul. You hear his name, you feel like, man, my, whatever I'm doing right now, I hope I'm doing it hard. Because you know you're going to get in trouble <laughs> if you tell him, right? what it is. When Goggins calls me, like, oh, man, whatever I'm doing, I hope I'm doing it. He, he literally is going to get, in, you're going to get in trouble when he finds out if you're not doing it as hard right. as you <laughs> can, right? Because I, I got a feeling like when you talk to him, he gets on there and he's like, hey, Marcus, man, are you pushing it? You pushing it real hard? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you look at my past. You think I have a no break, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Because it's the man, right? It's not, it's not, <laughs> uh, yeah. No matter what it is, what do you... First thing in the morning, in bed. Marcus, you up? Of course I'm up, man. I've been up. I ain't been to bed. I don't go to sleep. I just lay down. <laughs> you know, that goes. <laughs> I'll send him text messages every time, every now and again. Like, yeah, I've been up for five days. I just took a breath. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> and he'll feel come back. And he's like, Roger that. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Just, whatever he was doing, I'm sure it was just unbelievable. So you got to make, you, you got to get just unbelievable 
Well, now, now that you know the cat's out bag, Marcus and I are super fired up to welcome you to the Team Never Quit podcast. And this is the David Goggins Pot Dude. Power Hour. <laughs> I don't know if it's a power hour, because <laughs> we got to get Nick on for the power hour. Uh, yeah. So, yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll bring them on together. Part, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Part two. This is David Goggins' interview, part two. Now, I, listen, I, I, this has got to be, this was our, has been and by far our biggest show. Right, Marcus? Yeah. I mean, we've been getting hammered constantly since we released it this summer. He inspires, man. When's he coming back? He When's he coming back? When is he going to come back? And wh- how much deeper could David actually yeah, we go? We had to keep putting, it, put, putting off the interview because he, you know, he was running around the globe probably. <laughs> and he was just about to make his way back over here. Or within com shot. <laughs> he literally ran around the globe since then and now is now back. Uh, and he's going to be coming on in just a little bit. Now, listen, if this is your first time listening to the TNQ podcast, we welcome you. And you better be bringing the pain today because our guest is going to, he's going to rip it right out of your soul, right? Well, we're here and what our mission is now for Marcus and I, and our mission is life is to help you learn how to overcome adversity, face the obstacles in life head on, how to take on the combat of life and defeat that negative insurgency so you too can learn how to use the never quit mindset that both of us have learned in so many different ways. And all the people that are coming on are readily here to share it with you. So that's why we do what we do. If you want to know, well said, well, thank you. Thank you. Was it, was it eloquent when that, (laughs) no, but it was well said. (laughs) All right. I appreciate that. That's, that's, that's something. So if you want to know more, go visit the website, tnqpodcast.com. Check out why we do it. Check out the merchandise. Check out the Speakers Bureau. Check out all that stuff. And if you're super fired up, go ahead and share a story from your past, the greatest never quit you have, or someone you know and love about. Share it. And if we think it's awesome, what are we going to do, Marcus? Bring them on the show. We're going to bring you on. If it's super awesome, we're going to bring you on. We're definitely going to try and read as many as we can. We got a good one at the end of the show today. All right, so... Before we jump into this, before we bring on Goggins, <laughs> before, <laughs> I don't even know what that Dude, last that beat down, I, that, that, the masseuse, the masseuse, man, that two hour I told beat you, down. I told you don't go near that, man. man. You saw me when I leaned down to turn, bro, uh, turn on Axe's truck. Bro, you look like you were 105 <laughs> and I almost, you heard me. I was like, I was just about to say it, man. Yeah. That guy's yeah. evil, man. He's sadomasochistic. Mm. Hey man, that hurts. All right, uh, you know what I'm talking about? No, you need it deeper. You need it deeper. All right, if you're listening, imagine the, uh, this Filipino dude, probably in his 40s, you know, or, you know, they are, look young, so he could be like 80, and we don't know. But this dude, his m- deep body massage tissue is the most brutal thing you've ever experienced in my life. I had the fortunate, uh, misfortune of getting one a few months ago, and I was in pain for literally a week after. Yeah, it's it's. It's crazy the injuries that you have. What what massage actually works on it? Because I he, he's gotten a hold of me sometimes. I mean, it is a beat down. It but is after, beat Afterwards, down. I'm good to go. And then there's some areas where it's those massages, like you were talking about. You have to get on your neck, where it literally takes an hour and a half just to loosen just up to, the area, for it to fall apart. Yeah, to get yeah. To get in there. So well, Woo. I tell you what, man. You know, he he. I, I've been I've had amazing healing. In fact, the lady I work with, Maggie, is an amazing human being. She heals me. That dude, like, he just wants to put you in pain. So, you know, it would be perfect for him. Goggin. Yeah. <laughs> I like to give a shout out to my massage therapist at Exos, Exos Donna. She's gotten a hold of me. She's she's put me back together for ten plus years. You're listening. I love you. 
That's cool, man. That's super cool. All right. All right. Here we go. The Wizard has prepared an epic, an epic That's Debatable for us. Gentlemen, welcome to That's Debatable. 30 seconds on the clock. Question number one. Velociraptor versus Robocop. Go. Dude, I'm going with Robocop, man. Think so? Oh, hell yeah. Robocop's ten times better than Velociraptor. He's got metal. What's that, what's that thing going to do? Eat, sink his big old fangs into his metal? Plus, he's got like a cannon. system with the pistol yeah. before he even gets up. The only thing I can think of, how much of Robocop, if we're talking about the new one or the old one? Oh, man, I only Original know the version? old Yeah, Original oh, yeah, version? yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's the guy's uh, awesome. Oh, he awesome. was a. I mean, remember that that whole Peter Weller's. Peter Weller's. Yeah, I got a chance to meet him on the set of uh, Sons of Anarchy. He was directing a uh, uh, episode out there. I was looking like, oh god, dude! I, I that <laughs> dude, I like, I became a huge fan when he was in Buckaroo Bonsai back in the day, right? All right, so we're going with what Robocop, right? Yeah, Robocop, right? All right. Question number two: Which is a greater waste of time? Twenty-four hours of video games or twenty-four hours of social media browsing? That's that's easy, dude. Is that, it? Oh, hell yeah. I'm saying social media browsing. Think it's a bigger waste of time? To play play the game than to play social media. But, but remember, I'm a human condition guy. I'm always fascinated as to what people post, why they're posting it, what they're You're liking. 24 hours of video game, yes, probably right. Dude, I've... I've Let's conquer the game. There's a self-achievement and stuff, because I play video games with Hunter. All right. That was one of those ways uh, back you in the day. You bonded with him. Yeah, I tried back in the day. Uh, to, uh, That's different though, because you were you were creating a bond with your, yeah, you, know, you know what I mean. Yeah. That, you know. Here's what I look at: when I contracted, man, I'd go over contracting, and the static guys or whoever was, you know, dude, I'd walk in and, and what, what Warlock would be playing Call of Duty for no no shit twelve straight hours, yeah. bro, or or Wizard of Warcraft or whatever that thing is, dude, twelve <laughs> hours, man. This day and age, there's an addiction to social media where people are on it 24 hours a day. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. They have all the studies proven for for sure. I just, if if I got to choose one, I'm going to do social media because you can study the human condition. Switch it up. Yeah, you can study. You can. Uh, You got a bunch to choose from. Yeah, absolutely. All right, all right. Question number three: Johnny Cash versus Elvis Presley. Go. Easy, man. That's not. I don't. How's that easy? Elvis Presley's the king. Johnny Cash. Oh, dude, stop. Oh, what? Just stop, dude. Where are you at? Elvis invented rock and roll, bro. I, not, no, he didn't. Oh, heck yeah, he did. <laughs> what are you talking about? He's the king of rock and roll. Brother, Elvis Presley launched his first number one hit in 51. Jerry Lee Lewis. Now, Jerry was after Elvis. Elvis opened the door for everyone. He was the first one to take the influence of gospel southern uh, music with blues and a and a and a mishmash of kind of some up up tempo rhythms rhythm you know, like dance music rhythms mm-hmm. you know and that was it. Don't get me wrong, I love Johnny Cash. If you were here right now, I'd throw my arm around him and I'd say Ball and Chain and Ring of Fire could be you know. I just think that it's tough to there. It's two different genres of music and they they, they were both, toured together though. They both were just as instrumental in paving the way for future artists. In their genre, no, not so much. It's not working. Negative. Yeah. No. Uh, and I, uh, Elvis is the king. That's tough. No. Can you abstain from the debate? No, you can't abstain. <laughs> from the, that's what the debate is. You got to debate. Johnny Cash, man. Elvis Presley. 
question number four. Dual Tomahawks versus Broadsword debate. I'm going to have to go with the Broadsword, bud. You got the reach. Because yeah. I, 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 you start oh, playing. What size of the person you, start, you fight? No, you yeah. start flailing those arms. No way, man. The Vikings ran through everybody with, with, with dual those. dual Tomahawks? Yeah. Come on, not dual, not dual Tomahawks, but the, the Tomahawk, right? The Apache, Comanche. It's a deadly. Our guys still carry it. <laughs> and they don't carry a broadsword. Boom, right there. Right, I, I got a story for you, right? So, uh, wait, can so we talk we, about it on, on, on the radio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it, it's just the first half of it. So when we were getting ready to go out on the op, we, we got to our first. It was like first time we got the uh, the uh, brief from the, the JAG. Yeah. Oh, and they're yeah. Like, and it was our, and we're like, this isn't even a year after 9-11. We're Afghanistan. He goes, yeah. all right, we need uh, yeah, yeah, genetic stuff, right? Uh, hair samples, yeah, right, uh, yeah, you know, fingerprints, right. all this. Retinal scan. Yeah, yeah, we were like, are you are you being serious right now? And he's like, oh, of course. What will help us build a database, blah, 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 blah. And we're like, uh, uh, uh. Anyways, right before the op the next day, dude. My uh, one of the LPOs, the platoon that we were with, comes out and uh, JP, and he turns around, like he's briefing everybody, and he turns around and points at a whiteboard, and he's got one of those Afghan battle axes <laughs> zip tied to his body armor. Awesome. We're like, yo, dude, what, what's that for? And he's like, for hair samples. <laughs> DNA sample. <laughs> DNA collection. <laughs> so I, you know, I hear you. fired up. I might switch. I'm going to the tomahawk. <laughs> you, you won that debate, bud. Good job. Question number five. Would you rather wake up every morning with complete amnesia or relive the same day over and over forever? So it's Groundhog's Day or it's... Oh, it's a complete it's, amnesia of just the day? Yeah, what you did the day before is gone. you remember everything prior to? Yeah, you have all your, your skills, your memory, your oh, education. Oh, you gotta have that. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... Oh, amnesia, right? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because, cause, dude, have, and, and no, I mean, everybody has amnesia, not just us. No, it's probably just us, which makes it oh, even better. Right. <laughs> yeah. I am not reliving the same day, dude. That movie made me want to shoot myself when I watched that thing, dude. It was nuts. But being able to act, because he wasn't, he wasn't allowed to leave the town either. No, right? nothing. <laughs> yeah. He was contained, man. Uh, With amnesia every day, you could do, you go, you go full tilt. Sure, sure. And then the next day, yeah. they're like, I'm they're like, I'm they're like, that. do you know what you just did? Yesterday, yeah. and you're like, nope. <laughs> well, uh, uh, if, can you imagine if you were the only one that had the amnesia? Dude, that's what I'm saying. Because the stuff you would have. Oh, yeah, it'd be bad. I'm going to roll with. Uh, I'm going to roll with. Uh, answer, amne amnesia. amnesia. Yeah, day, check. Gentlemen, this is your final question. Which invention is more important? Duct tape versus Velcro. Go. Easy. Not even a second guess to my, in my mind. Velcro. No. What? Yeah, Velcro, bro. No. Think, think about how much Velcro there is in the world, dude. What is used Before. more? What? what? Uh, your drawers for kids' shoes, for old people's shoes. Hey, you never seen some redneck walking around with tape over his boot? <laughs> Harley <laughs> Davidson, the Marlboro Man. The whole <laughs> thing was the duct tape. I know. Wasn't Velcro? The whole thing. You don't see some it. cowboy jumping up on the back of a 2000 pack. Tough Hitterman would not put Velcro. <laughs> <laughs> tough. Oh, oh, tough. We missed you, Tough. Yeah, <laughs> tape on that boot before he put the Velcro on it. Yeah, but it, that's so that limited, though. I, I'm, I'm going, I'm going Velcro. That's insane. I, it, yes, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Well, that's it. 
That we actually had some debates going. I love it. I, That's all I got. What do you got? You got any more? You no, want to debate no, no. on on on? You want to be debatable? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I had a good time doing this. We don't need to because we very rarely find stuff we disagree on. So I'm gonna start digging too. Okay. All right. I like that. don't do that in a relationship. I'm going to go find some stuff I don't it, like about you. Oh, that's tight, man. <laughs> that's just tight. I always like getting into it. And sure, I think you go dig some stuff up. You try and find stuff that, <laughs> that we don't see. I, and I'll do the same. I'm going to start yeah. probing the boss to find out more information. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, start, I'm going to have to start backtracking <laughs> to the buddies. Get some no, totally, totally. And, and I'll never give you any of their numbers. All right, <laughs> all right. So listen. I know I, most of them. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I take that. All right, so... You know what? I, let's just take a pause real quick and, and and just prepare our audience for what's coming because the man that's coming on, if you missed the first show, hopefully you're going to go back immediately after this. It's one of the most powerful descriptions of how pain can be transformational in life, how pain can can you can you it can be enlightening, and how the work ethic of discovery can really change the way you perceive the world around you and the influence that you can have. And I think that's what David does for people, don't you? Absolutely. It'd almost be beneficial to go back to what, re- listen to the first one so you know where he's coming from. Might scare you just hearing the second one right off the bat. <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> sure. Who knows how deep he's going to go on this one? Oh, I know he's going to dive right in, brother. Right. So right. without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let's welcome to the show Mr. David Goggins. Guess what? We're here. We've made it. We're finally, he's on with us. He's, I can see the Skype little dingy doohies. They're flipping. They're moving. I know he's there. I heard his voice. How are you feeling about this? Feel good, man. Thanks for having me back on, guys. Appreciate it. Well, David, we, we can't even tell you, man. You, you know, Mark and I were talking earlier. You are the most requested repeat guest, man. We we throw a little stuff out there and, and be like, who do you want to hear? Everybody And everybody, hands down, well, like 99% were like, Goggins, Goggins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's awesome having yeah. you back, man. Like, what do y'all want to talk about? I want to get him back on. What do y'all want to talk about? Just bring him on let him talk. Yeah, yeah. That's what people yeah. said. They actually yeah. did say that. All, all of our loving, wonderful fans, David, said, uh, Hey, if you bring him back on, make two, make sure you two shut up this time. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> All right. So you know the drill. We're going to jump right in. We're going to warm up. I know you've already done 600 miles already today. Uh, so we're going to try and warm that brain up a little bit more. We're going to keep it going. So you know the deal. We're going to start you out with the Mad Minute. Are you fired up? Are you ready? We're ready to go. All right. Stand by. Marcus, let him have it. All right, brother. Let's hear it. One skill you'd like to have that you currently don't? Uh, the skill to, you know, I, I'm not a great knife sharpener. That's the skill <laughs> I love to have. Yeah, a knife real good. Hey, well, that's, that's huge, right? Because remember how if you sucked at that in Buds, you were paying the man, right? Uh, dude, I never passed a knife infection, inspection until sex phase. I never knife infection either, man. No one did. My knife is always going sick. Did did you did like David? Did you this actually? This is the problem. We're already off. No, we're no, not, we're good. We're oh, good. No. This is this is interesting. Oh. <laughs> it's always interesting to us. This was this is what the the boss is telling me. She's like, you guys just go off on these crazy tangents, and we get so stirred up that w- no one can understand what we talk about. Oh, they'll get this though. So, oh, for sure they. Will. <laughs> 
You know watch, what? I stand corrected. I don't know what I'm talking about. All right, wow, so I don't listeners, know what I'm talking about. I didn't come- listeners, first phase, you got these knife inspections as part of your your, your room inspection, part of your dive, in, your swim I'd just inspe- like to go on the record that I said something about my wife telling me that we should, just for the record. It's re- so- it noted. Okay. Duly right. noted. You know, you got it covered down on me now. I, I, duly right. noted. So it, what we would have, listeners, is we would spend five, six hours sharpening these knives, and then the instructors, and mine in particular, Doug Schollen, would walk in for room inspection with a rock in his hand and smash my blade until it broke the rock, and then he'd be, then he'd try and cut the hairs on his forearm, and of course the thing's dull, so I would get a beatdown for that. David, did you ever figure out the the trick and go down to the mall to the knife sharpener and do your knife there? Did you ever figure that one out? Well, what's funny about that, man, I went through three damn bus classes, and it took me the last bus class to finally realize that all these assholes are going down to damn the mall <laughs> to get the damn knife sharp enough. It took them 15 minutes. I'm in my room for five hours trying to sharpen this damn dull-ass knife. Yeah, so I figured it out. <laughs> I figured it out, right? Right? I never knew that either. I figured out the boot. I figured out how to sign my boot and everything, man. I figured it all out. <laughs> After three After. classes, yeah. <laughs> All right, David. What is the world's best vacation destination? Honestly, it's uh, it's Hell Week. <laughs> it's Hell Week. Maybe still Hell Week. Who says Hell Week is? <laughs> he just said that Hell Week yeah. is a vacation destination. There is nothing better than watching another man suffer, and then sitting back and, and and knowing that you know you're just you know you guys are on the same boat. You know, he's, he's no better than you, you're no better than him. But for some reason, you figured the shit out. So there's, no, there's, there's nothing better than watching another man who's just as good as you sit there and crumble down before these instructors and you just watch him crumble just because he doesn't know that he can get through this and endure the same shit you did. So it's just an amazing thing to be part of that. So it, it wasn't really a vacation. This is the most amazing part of my life is seeing these grown men just, just get crumbled by the same shit that was making you it. feel alive. I love it. I love it. You're up. Well, all right. Favorite superhero again. <laughs> I, I just want to know if it changed. Some people don't remember it. I, this is a true form question. Hulk. The Hulk. Yeah, okay. Incredible Good. Hulk. Yeah. You know he's not going to change the Hulk. Anybody who, loves the Hulk it. anybody who loves the Hulk, they're going to love the Hulk no matter what. I mean, the dude is bipolar, right? And so you got to love a bipolar green guy. I mean, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, all yeah. Right. All right, here you go. I don't. I mean, I don't like to think about like bipolar. It's multi-leveled. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. All right, all right, here you go. What do you think is your greatest failure in life? Oh man, I have so many of them. It's just kind of crazy. Uh, my, my greatest failure, but I actually made it a uh, success of mine. But it was it was the water. I was I was just uh, I was I was so petrified of that fuck of that fucking water, man. Just uh. You know, when I was in the Air Force training, and then I went on a Navy SEAL. I just the, the water just was terrifying, man. It just it just actually made it. You know, not my failure, but it was just the, the water just debilitated, man. Was I don't it? Know if it's a failure of mine, but it's a fear, fear, of failure, all that stuff, man. Was it? Was it the actual movement through the water because you were a barge like me, or was it like being out in the ocean with you know everything you can't see around you? What what what, what was it specifically in that fear? But what it was for me, most people don't understand this, but I'm going to put it out there because I like to keep it real. A lot of African-Americans, we sink like a fucking rock. <laughs> so, you know, people like are wondering, no why, shit. 
oh my God, I'm a, I'm a negative buoyant fuck on the bottom of the water or on, on, on the bottom of the pool with a full breath of air. I mean, I, I just sit like a rock. So when you put a rock in the water and say, we're going to swim a lot and we're going to try to drown your ass and shit, it doesn't make you real, feel real good. And then you go to second phase, you got to put, you know, twin 80s on your back, fully charged with a 16 pound weight belt on. And they say, okay, let's start treading water. I mean, I'm treading water with a weight belt on, without a weight belt on because I'm so negative boy anyway. So it's just a lot of hurdles to overcome. So... David, that was my worst evolution in buds. My, my, the dude who got me was Senior Chief Mulebach, who, uh, who wanted to drown me. My treading evolution lasted almost 15 minutes, man. It, oh, was, it, it was horrific. Now, I'll tell you another Thank caveat. You. I want to I I add on to the statement you just made about, uh, about African Americans and sinking. So when I first got out, uh, uh, stopped contracting and all that, I, I started Frog Logic and and one of the first things I did is I worked with a foster care home for boys. And, and I'd say 90% of them were, were black. And right. the first thing I did with them, day one of the, the, the two-month program, I, I took them up to the UDT SEAL Museum. And I was going to take them through the museum and, and then, you know, take them to the beach and hammer a snot at them for like three hours. Well, we're in there. And Patches Watson, old legend point man from Vietnam, was the curator. And he took these kids around. Well, about three-fourths of the way into it, one of the kids says, he raises his hand and says, uh, uh, excuse me, sir, um, but uh, I'm not, one thing I'm noticing about the pictures and patches, like, you're right, they're not that many black guys. <laughs> and he goes, right, right. he goes, do you know why? <laughs> and uh, the kid was, like, petrified because he had just told how he shot the Vietnamese Medal of Honor winner right in the face and took his gun and stuff. So he goes, you know why? It's because you sink like a rock. And and these kids were just, <laughs> it was the funny, they, they were mesmerized by this old broken down frogman. But it, he did it with such eloquence. And then he finished it. He said, if you can pass buds being that negatively buoyant, you are one hard son of a bitch. You know what? It's a true statement. I'm not saying, I'm, you, know, I, you know, I like to pride myself on trying to be hard, but it's a true statement, man. I mean, I was, I mean, if, if you're negative buoyant, some people are neutral buoyant and you have positive buoyant. If you're neutral buoyant, you sink, but you don't sink like a rock. And it was just hard. Everything was hard. Like I called drown proofing control drowning. Because <laughs> once they tied my oh, fucking yeah, ass yeah. up, dude, it was on. It was <laughs> game on. <laughs> How much water did you, did you drink on average on that one, bud? You know what? It was funny that you say that. I, I drank so much water on that evolution because I was literally kicking like a flounder on the daggone surface. And um, I had to stay in that little four by four box. And how I learned how to do that was I saw these little, mostly, you know, you know, all these white cats just floating, sitting up there floating <laughs> around. My black cats up there saying, what the hell's going on, man? Like, I don't understand it. And so I realized, man, my body, I'm fighting my own body. So I would break in that 15 foot pool and I would go in there and I just do evolution by myself at nighttime. I put my hands in my back and my feet together. And I just practiced doing that daggone dolphin kick to the point because it was exhausting because you do that. Then you travel being tied up. Yeah. And it was just, it was hell, man. It was hell. It was horrible. Wow. That's awesome. All right. What do you got for him? Last question. All right. <laughs> you could find, if ride the scariest roller coaster on the planet with somebody. Who would it be? You know what? It'd probably be you, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> Get it on. <laughs> it's probably your ass, man. 
knows I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you set yourself up for that one. Oh, I love it. All right, well, well, David, that's that is the 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 mad ten minutes. We, we again, once again, you crushed it out of park. Thank you. Uh, you always are uh, a delight because you, you don't just say the answer and wait for us to say the next one. You give us a little bit more, and that's what obviously our listeners wanted to hear from you. Is you know they're they're blown away not only by your story um, and that story you told of of your first hundred miler and what it took to get out of that chair uh, at mile seventy and this the the the, the what you had to conjure up in becoming Goggins. Uh, that, that, <laughs> I'm telling you what, David, I, 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 and, I, and brother, you know, I love you, man, but that, that story has affected, you know, tens of thousands of people who have downloaded that show over. We got one response from somebody, a woman that had heard the show and in a two-week period listened to your episode 14 times. Because it was Jeez. so impactful in her life, so you know, we, I, we 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 take pride not only in the people that come on, but in in particular our friends that come on. And so to bring you back on again is just a real privilege and honor. So I'm going to get right to it, man. If you got I another one, I just, hey, just tell them something and blow their minds, brother. <laughs> well, he's got plenty of them. I well, mean, well, I'm, that's, like, that's I'm on the road I, with him. I know. I was like, <laughs> you're saying he's coming back on for part duh. Duh. Yeah, I well, have. I have I have one story that I'll tell you. I mean, it's uh to 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 me, it's even worse than the uh than the hundred mile story. But you know, Marcus is very. I mean, we're we're all familiar with with, with Hell Week and what it does to us and and the kind of mental stresses it, it it puts on us and and the fear that 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 goes into the unknown of of you got these guys in these blue shirts who are going to kick the living shit out of you for 130 hours and. And you don't know if if you're gonna make it out, and and, and they're gonna test your soul, they're gonna test your mind, and and if you do quit, what that means by you going home to your mom and dad, your girlfriend, your wife, your friends, and telling them you quit, and you know we all develop this uh this this mentality in our head that we're all physically trained to go be a seal, but you know we don't understand how much mental it takes, and so for me, you know when I start out, I had my first hell weekend. You know, I went in the hell week pretty pretty jacked up. My first one, I lost 100 pounds so fast. I lost that weight to even get it to Bud's. So I was very unhealthy. Most people know how unhealthy I really was. So I kind of worked my way into health. And then my second hell week, I made it through that. But going into diet phase, I, you know, broke my leg pretty much. And my, my knee was all messed up and then got rolled again. So going into my third hell week, what people don't know is, I had so many stress fractures and, and chin splints and, and I and I was wearing a hernia belt. So, you know, you don't start Navy SEAL training with stress fractures, chin splints and, and, and wearing a hernia belt because your hernia is just kinda coming out and all this other shit. So I was I was so jacked up and so much pain coming coming from my second hell week, starting, you know, but you know, class two thirty five, that when I got into Hell Week, my, my third one, you know how you blow up Wednesday night? You know, you, you, you yeah. get all puffy and your bones are swollen. Hands start so peeling. My body, so on Sunday, my body realized this dumb asshole is in the third hell week in one year. <laughs> and, and my body just knew it because my mind, my mind was telling my body, I'm about to get fucked up again. So it immediately swelled up. 
And I looked like the nutty professor on Monday morning. I, don't oh. know, I was huge. So Sunday, if, if people don't know who are listening, Hilton starts on Sunday and ends on Friday. It's 130 hours of just getting your ass kicked. So I was debilitated because my stretch fractures, my shins, my body went straight into protective mode immediately once I got into Hell Week. And I gained like 15 pounds of just being swollen oh. immediately. So, so the pain, so I wasn't even able to, but what people don't know is this was my third and last time going through SEAL training. Like Captain Bowen, he was old. Marcus, yeah, I know yeah, you know him very well. Yeah. Captain Bowen was some old salty, crusty Vietnam vet guy. That just, this is a hard dude. And said, look, I'm going to roll you to day one. And that's how I was. So he told me, this is your last time going through buds. So no matter what I had, stretch, fracture, shin splints, hernia, I just suck it up. So I'm in my first, I mean, you know, I'm in this third hell week, man. And it was the worst pain I've probably, besides the 100-mile race, I ever endured. Because once I got through hell week, we had a guy die on Thursday. I was on crutches Thursday night when Hell Week, so Hell Week ended like 12 hours early. I was on crutches because a guy died, and they told me, hey, we have walk week. You have a week to heal up, and you're <laughs> back at it, Doggin. So I'm sitting there thinking, I had over like 15 stretch fractures. I have a hernia belt on, and I had to endure for the next five months of Navy SEAL training. Just messed up, so I got, you know, this compression tape that these pro athletes wear on their ankles and I would tie and I would tape my feet up, my ankles up all the way up to my top of my calf muscle. And I had these pressure ulcers on top of my feet for, for putting this compression tape on so tight. And every day I would just run until my feet got completely numb. My, and so my shins, everything became numb. And that's how I got to buzz. And I graduated with these pressure ulcers, the size of, of, of uh, half dollars. Oh my! And then after and after Buzz, I went right into surgery for for hernia surgery, and it, but but the endurance of pain and fucking suffering for five six months—it was just—I I can't explain it. It was horrible. I, I you know, it, I, it it's it is, and and you know, I I. I you know, I didn't swell up till Wednesday, so I can't even dream because I flipped out when I'm looking at my my knees and my hands and you know every in your my, your feet and you're in your health and hygiene. You're like, holy Jesus, I'm dying. Can we? How did you, was, I mean, was there a moment in that week for you similar to the getting out of the chair where you just pissed blood all over yourself? Was there a moment on like Wednesday night or Tuesday night, or was that moment every single second that week that you had to conjure up Goggins? I had to conjure up Goggins every second. I had to conjure up Goggins just to go back into that third class. Cause I knew what hell was coming my way. But what's funny is Marcus actually said something about, you know, like the, like the rapid questions. He said, what would you, like, what would you think about kind of like, like your last thought before you die? Yeah. He said something like that. Honestly, that's how I thought my brain, I became sadistic. So I became, so who I am now that really formed a lot in that third hell week. I became a whole bunch of like Goggins. Like, like yeah, Goggins was created, but I started enjoying the pain because I realized, hey, man, either you're going to graduate, buds, or you're going to quit. And this is what I have to deal with. So I started really teaching myself how to think differently. Like, I would tell myself, first, God, this sucks. I, I tell myself, who in the hell 
but you on this planet Earth can endure this kind of pain. You're in the worst training on the planet Earth. So this is how I talk to myself. My, my self-talk was this evil. You're in the worst training on the planet fucking Earth. It's the worst training on the planet if you're healthy. I'm in this thing and I'm debilitated. So you gotta be, you, you gotta be a special grit type of person to do this. So I kept on feeding myself all this fuel and all this anger and hate and discontent. And it made me smile. Ah. I was like, who, who, who would walk in to help me with stress fractures and a hernia? And no, people walking up you know, wanting to be healthy. I'm like, you're in this thing for the third hell week in one year. It was horrible weather. I used that to fuel my motivation to be what I wanted to be, which was the hardest God, you know, you know, like, like the hardest God that God ever created. You know, you can't, it, it just, you can't I, go through three hell weeks and not just be pissed off at the world. It's not yeah. designed for that. I mean, you, you physically, I don't even know how they, <laughs> they let you do that. You know what I'm talking about? Because it's, I it's stress 10 years right off your life. Right? Know what to tell you? The I, doc says, hey, man, you sure you want to do this? 10 years. Boom. So. I mean, we all went through the time, man. We're just very different. People like to say, you know, it's, it's all the same. It's not the same because they, they, they wouldn't allow you, Marcus, to go through the way you went through. Right? I know your whole story, but I know my story. We, we would not have graduated because they would have said, this is inhumane. What is going on right now is inhumane, and they would have kicked us out of training because they wouldn't allow us to go forward. They, they wouldn't have. No, I, I, listen, when I was there, this guy went through, before my hell week, I was in 208, there's a guy in 207, his name's Tom Shea, he, that, that, he, that was his fifth hell week he went through. How many did Booth have? Four, I think, three or four. Guy, Shea's that, got the record at five. What about Stokes? No, I think well, Shea's got five. How many does Stokes have, David? Well, I'd have three in, in one year. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's never mind. <laughs> talking about you. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're, we're talking about you. <laughs> all, right, all right, let's get back on track here. All right, David, I got a question for you because you had talked about in, in the beginning, in the lead up to this, that you know that fear of the unknown, the fear if you're going to be able to make it, the fear of what's coming next. But obviously, I've done a lot of research on fear. In fact, I give you know, a big speech that I give in Frog Logic. One of the main components of Frog Logic is to learn. I try and help people learn to embrace that fear and utilize it as a positive. I, I certainly haven't explored you know, the positive negative that you turn it into. But it, so I'm very interested to understand where that tipping point is for fear where you start to control the fear by applying more and more pain. And what might, is there an end point where the, so much pain, you know, the fear, you know, you, is there a place where you can destroy fear? Well, I, I believe you can destroy fear. And this is how I believe it. And, you know, for those listeners out there listening right now, this, this may not be for everybody. You're, you're talking to three guys right now who had to become warriors and have a warrior mentality. And I always say to people, it, it may not even make sense to you what I'm about to say. I have to always cover my ass on that. Because I'm about to tell you is, is, is very sick and sadistic. But to be a warrior, to, to, to walk in a room with a weapon, with people who have weapons who are pointing at you in a 10 by 10, 5 by 5 room, you got to be a certain kind of personality, a certain kind of warrior mentality. So that being said, you can't defeat fear by, by taking other people's souls. Ah. And what that means, what got me through hell week and what got me through the pain and suffering 
was the fact, and I say suffering, and I don't mean that loosely, was that I wanted every damn instructor to look at me because they all knew I was jacked up. They all knew I was negative buoyant. They all knew that, you know, I'm, I'm some black guy. I was only the 36th black guy to make it through. They all knew this shit. And I don't care if they were racist, not racist. I was, I was looking at shit like that. What I looked at was I wanted them to know, uh, I wanted them to think about me all the time. Like, how the, what, what made Goggins Goggins? I wanted the hardest men in the world to question themselves. What drove me was I wanted them to know, I'm, I didn't want to go through healthy being healthy. I'm glad I had stress fractures. Because I wanted everybody who barely graduated and always having a healthy body to know this son of a bitch did it. Being so jacked up. That is so motivating to me to know that I know that when you're in the alpha male community and you're competing at the highest level, it's not basketball, it's not LeBron James, it's not Tiger Woods. The highest level is when they put your ass in 130 hours of I'm going to beat the shit out of you <laughs> and see what comes out the other end. That right there, like, like LeBron James getting the sports of the year by, by SI, that's hilarious to me. I will show you real athletes when they get tested in their soul by putting your damn ass out there in hell week and you got nothing but your own mind and your own thought process. And that drove me to a spot that made me sick. It made me fucking sick and so fucking driven that it, I didn't care what I had. Broken knees, broken back. I wanted people to know I'm competing against. It wasn't about to try it. It's about the men that I was competing with. Hey, man. I want you to know God is on his way. You may not like me. A whole bunch of seals don't like me. But I want you to know I'm going to earn my fucking way. I'm going to carry the boat, the number one guy, in every evolution, in everything we did, in every hell week. And those who went through hell week know what the number one spot is. <laughs> it's the shit spot. David, I... I it's it's remarkable to hear you know what a rush that is though he's right it's knowing that the guys on the other side of that door are not afraid of us right and if they got guns i mean i, I don't i don't think we've ever talked about this out loud have we not really but not, not on the show but, not say, on the show. but like hey but they know we're coming and they're not afraid of us so it's when you come in the door and then you can see the fear coming into them because we're not back and that's when it's when you, when you're just foaming at the mouth, man, and you go in and That's it's right. on, dude. And then when <laughs> those right. two opposing forces meet for the first time and the one realizes he just about, he just got dominated. <laughs> and then we That's just, right. our violence of action is so severe that it's a, whole it's a drug. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a God. Because with me, my fears are always there from the time when I was getting picked on as a boy and, and everything, even till now. So I still have that. I can feel it because it feels the same. The only difference is that I am well prepared on how to handle the situation. Huh. You know, the training so are you over saying, the years. It's so like, this is a question to both of you right now then. All right. So what, what, what I'm hearing is to really cross over that performance threshold and, and to move into a realm, the warrior, the true warrior mindset where, where pain and fear and, and violence and aggression are the real character traits of success. How do, in the long term, how do you keep that in a way that it's manageable? Well, you know, that's a, that's a good question, man. And, um, and I got to answer like this. How manageable, you have to know there, there's a spot like, like for me, 
you got to know when and when not. Like right now, I'm back down to calm David Goggins. I'm not back. You you guys asked me a question that made me have to go to a spot that had to bring out something that is incomprehensible to most people on this planet Earth. So right now, you have to know when, and, and that comes from being a thinking shooter. So you may have talked to me right then. I got to know when to turn that thing on. And that thing is in a lot of Navy SEALs. Some don't have it. I'll tell you right now. Some don't have it. A lot of us do have the ability to go in somewhere, like Marcus was saying, and face the enemy. And then come home and play with our kids. Like, 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 like we're some Santa Claus type guy. Like I saw Marcus. I'm, I'm watching Marcus put on costumes during Halloween. <laughs> and I know who Marcus the Troll is. Marcus Petrell is not the guy that puts on the costume at Halloween, but <laughs> he is for his kids. So it's just knowing how to be a certain guy at a certain time of your life and you're a warrior. That's, that's, I think like it's training, right? I'm trained to be a dad now. I'm trained to be a husband. I was trained. Everything is part of that. Public speaking. That's right. I mean, well, well you, 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 you both, can learn to be good at anything if you put enough time into it, right? Hey, man, we talk about it all the time. But one of the things that you guys have both described this as, though, is Marcus, you literally, you know, said the high that you get from it. What happens neurologically? What type of chemicals are dumping? David, you just said so yourself. That that switch, that cognitive switch, switch or switch flipped. Then you allowed that emotional component to combine, and you brought fire onto onto that 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 line right now. And and people felt are going to feel that when they listen to this. So is it is it strictly time in and training that gets you to the point where now you can really is are are you more dangerous now because it's a focused drive it's a focused pain it's a focused fear or is it or is it just because we're older you wisdom and every, I just assume this was every frogman goes into every situation even if it's changing a diaper you're going in expecting to take pain right <laughs> it's just beat into it oh, yeah. so hard that when you wake up in the morning, you were expecting pain. And if it doesn't show up, then that's great. Right. <laughs> you know what, what, what really has caused me to be able to, to go somewhere very deep and a lot of folks cannot do it. What it takes is passion. Yes. And Amen. what forms that passion is I remember how hard it was for me just to get into the military. I remember my childhood on how I was going nowhere. I was called this. I was called that. I got called nigger my whole damn life. I remember everything so vividly. I remember how hard it was for me to lose 105 pounds in 60 daggone days. And people may not even believe it. But if you do believe it, just imagine with no trainer, no damn Jenny Craig bullcrap, how hard it was to even get in the door to try to be sealed. And the story goes on and on and on. And to even go through three hell weeks, everything I do to become a seal and ranger squad stuff, it, it builds passion. Most people can't understand how I talk and why I get crazy. What comes out of my brain is I remember what the hell it took for me to get there. Wow. That's what brings the passion out of me. So you can't learn that shit. You got to put yourself in hell, survive hell. And then when you talk about going through hell, this is how it sounds. <laughs> it sounds like you're crazy, but no, you remember the fucking journey it took to go through it. Let's, yeah. That's what you remember. That's what comes out. Right. You know, we know how far we can be pushed. Well, and how long we were pushed. Yeah, and how, and what it will and take. how we pushed that. And, and what it takes to get us to a certain point now. Once, cause that, you know, once you go, 
far down that rabbit hole, man. And when you, when you come back out of it, any other situation you get into and it starts to get difficult or you get leaned on, man, you're like, it's going to take more than this. I've been here. Yeah, this is nice. This uh, is this is comfy. And for David, it, pretty much everything aside from being six feet under is comfy. <laughs> All right, David, I, I, I've got to tell you, man, and, and you know, you, we're just getting to know each other, but, I, you know, most of the other team guys out there know I get super fired up. But the way you talk and the way you verbalize passion to where you can translate what you're thinking, what you're feeling, your past experience is inspiring, man. And, you know, the, the big challenge, I think, for other people, and you've, you've repeatedly said it over and over in, in many different ways and in many different, you know, whether you're people following you on the internet, on all social media forums or at your website or, you know, when people are listening to you as a, as a, as a badass speaker, you know, the one question they go is, all right, how do I feel that passion? How do I even trigger that passion? So right. what, what, like, for instance, let's, let's, let's do a little shift here. You know, one of the amazing things is this, this, this incredible success that the, the book that, uh, you know, the guy, Jesse, who wrote that book with you, you went and spent 30 days with the guy. Were you ever able to trigger the passion in him through the pain? I, I, I wasn't able to get to that point with him. Because you know what? One thing in life, yeah, he did a good job and, and, and whatever else. But one thing I realized is this about life, man. Once you become civilized, and what civilized is to me. And, uh, that's right. I get it. That's right. Yeah. Is when you have everything yeah. in life you want. When you have, when you have chefs and you have all, you have nice cars and, and you have all the money you want. And you have massage therapists coming in and masseuses and, and and you no longer massage your own legs when they're sore. Mm. When you have when your refrigerator is full of caviar and all that shit, it is hard to go to the place of darkness. You have to go when the devil comes knocking at your damn door and says, "Hey, I'm going to mess you up today, son." All you say then is, "Why am I going to do this? My life is good. That's painful." You fall back on the fact of why do I need to do this now? Why do you do this now? A person that stays hungry and the refrigerator is always empty, you're always trying to go to the next level. So it's hard to, to, to get somebody to that level when they have everything they want in life. It's hard. It's hard to make them hungry. And, and hunger is what makes you want to get in that cold water. It makes you want to run that extra mile. It makes you, when your brain is saying to you at mile 10, when you're supposed to run 20 miles, 10 is good enough. But then that guy comes in and says, not today. It's not. We're getting 20 fucking miles today. That's what the fuck we're supposed to do. <laughs> so it just, it, it just shuts out the, 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 the person that's hungry. It shuts out that weak voice that we all hear. I hear it. But that's when the evil goggins comes down and says, oh, no, 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 no. We're not going to make those people right today. All those people who said this about you and that about you and this about you. We're not going to make them correct today. We're going to make them read about you and suffer in a different way, suffer mentally by knowing you succeeded versus failed like they wanted you to. Well, what, I mean, let's, let's, one of the great challenges out there right now, and, and we, you know, I think the three of us, as well as every, a lot of our peers and, and brothers, you know, they, we look out there and we see this next generation come up and 
it, it, it's a struggle. And, and I'm even hearing it in buds as well, too. Marcus, maybe you can comment on this. You were just out there. You know, a lot of guys that I'm hearing from are, are, are saying it's just a different group of kids. It's a different culture. What is going on? Other than the obvious that you, like you said, David, that there's just so many creature comforts that it's just, you can't, they can't help themselves. They're just going to be weak. What do you say, Marcus? That's a tough one, man. It's kind of one of them deals where that do the, do the times change? Do the people change? Look, they, they got a war coming up. So irregardless if they're soft or not, it doesn't matter. Once they get sent over there, they're either going to lose or they're not. And then they're going to toughen up. So I know that every generation likes to say that the other generation is softer than the next one. I get that on the pass down. I, I get it, man. Technology has advanced. Remember, we were, we were kind of talking about this earlier. Yeah. So, um, you know what? I it's, it's like what Marcus was saying, man. You know, I know that all of us on this phone right now, we got our ass beat growing up. I mean, like, you know, if, if I messed up, Marcus's mom had full full authority to kick my butt. <laughs> and my mom would kick my butt when I got home. And there's a lot. Like, for instance, there's these kids. I live in Tennessee. There's these kids I run by every day. And I have my shirt off most time when I run. I pass by a group of 30 kids in Brentwood, Tennessee. And they hollered out, you on steroids. So I turned around. And me being who I am. I put them all, you know, I, I, I came around, gave them a couple of customers, said, look, guys, you don't know who the hell you even talk to right now. You know, so, so I mean, I basically gave them a little speech. Long story short, did some research, found out who I was. I come by now, how you doing, Mr. David Goggins? Yeah. They, you know, they, 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 they follow me on social media. Sometimes all it takes you to give some kids some discipline, but we, a lot of times you get in trouble for doing that. I don't care. I know Marcus doesn't care. I know you don't care. That's what it takes a lot of times. We are growing up in a weak society, and you cannot be hard if your mom and dad are saying, oh, it's okay, it's the teacher's fault. Oh, it's okay, it's this fault. No, maybe it's your dad going to fall. A lot, every time we grew up, it was always our fault because we're young and we're dumb. Right. Nowadays, these kids have so much room to, to be right. No, most times they're wrong. They're wrong. Most times they're wrong because their kids are supposed to be wrong. And then, and then they grow up always being right. And then now the person situation where we give you a gun and put you through SEAL training and you have a weak mentality because that's how you grew up. You, you can't be hard growing up weak. You can't. All right. How about, how about so, for, how about for adults? Right. Cause I mean, we, we had just a, a, a massive amount of people that have, like I said before, just love listening to your first, the first episode we did with you. And now I know they're going to jump in this one. You know, uh, uh, pe- well, let's say people just never got exposed to hard. They just didn't have the outlet for hard. They they didn't make they they didn't know how to make that choice. Is is there a place that a human being can do on their own without spending four hundred bucks for jujitsu lessons, without spending one hundred and fifty a month in CrossFit, without what, without you know whatever? How can people implement? hard into the life to kickstart the pain, the fear, all the things that you're professing, which leads to enlightenment. I got an answer. And this is the answer. It's really hard. Cause why the first step into being hard as shit is you got a first thing I had to do before I went on this journey of saying, Goggins, this is who you are. You have to first, before you start down the journey of making goals and say, I want to be a Navy SEAL, Army Ranger, I want to be a president. 
before you go down that goal list and start making goals, the first thing you have to do is you got to look in that dirty damn mirror every morning and see who you are and handle your insecurities and handle your jealousies. You got to first handle who you truly are. I had to look in the mirror at 16 and say, wow, they're calling me a nigger. They're calling me dumb. They're calling me this. They're calling me that. Half the shit was true. That's, the, that's, the, that's how you become great is you realize that you're not great and you realize you're a liar, you're a cheater, you have no, you have no integrity. If you don't have any of that, and you now set these grandiose goals to be great. You're never going to achieve them because like in hell week, we've all been there. When that water gets cold, and people come out and say, Hey, why'd you quit? Oh man, you know, like, like my hips hurting or I got a family issue. We make up a lie in the story because why we haven't dealt with our life. If that makes sense at all. So we're always falling back on our own insecurities because we haven't found out who we truly are. So why most people can't succeed in life and find hardness? Because they're always weak, telling themselves who they are, but they're really not that person. You got to fix who you are to become hard and become really tough. If that makes any damn sense. It does, man. And I, I think it's the, the biggest thing was, and just listening to you talk, bro, and because we, we've come up together and just watching you kind of grow in the public eye is awesome. Awesome. But I think one of the biggest things, now that I have kids, it's kind of important, man. Don't get down on yourself. I think a lot of people once they're scared to take that next step to actually go out and start doing it, right. start training it because they want to be embarrassed. I embarrassing being embarrassed is is the biggest thing for for most people. Unfortunately, me, you, and hey, ego. Yeah, I, we don't have. I don't. I am. I embarrass myself all the time in public. <laughs> you know what I mean? In your Christmas outfit, exactly. So I, it's kind of one of them deals. And I think the more experience you have, the less apt you are to be embarrassed in public. Hands down. And I, I was telling those kids the other day, or not kids, grown men, the before the football game, I was like, hey, man, don't be embarrassed to get trucked over. I mean, hit and snot running. That's what you're out here. It's going to happen. That's part of the game. And I, I think in everything you do, man, if you're going to get up every morning and push forward to try and accomplish something, embrace those embarrassing moments, too. That's part of it. A absolutely it's the character uh, building it, it, i mean and the people are so set on i just want to be the, the the good part and all that man it's 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 having those embarrassing moments too that that that, that help it, it helps it absolutely does i, I you that know make any sense it made total know. sense no i mean it, it's your own ability to for introspection like david was saying you can't lie to yourself then you're saying hey it's all right to fail and those are those. Yeah, those don't lie to yourself, but, but laugh at yourself. Exactly. I mean, think about all the times where you and and for us, I believe a huge component of it, of it was that we were surrounded by other great men, or or not great men at the time, but young men striving to become great around and each other. And that cycle starts over and over all the every generation. David, I got a quick question for you personally here, as they all have been, and I appreciate your honesty as always. But uh, what? Who who do you search for as you're out there on this quest to surround yourself for? Do you search for new teammates? Are there other people that you're coming in contact that can fulfill the the quest that you once, the camaraderie that you once had, and the teams, the quest? Is there anybody else out there that you come in contact with that you're like, hmm, they got a spark in them, they just need a little work? You know what I? I've, I've found a few people, man, but I haven't found too many here recently 
it's um you know I, I haven't found many people who really have that that drive man just, just just that one thing that that they really can't you know once you become real passionate about something it's hard to explain to people because they almost think you're crazy or just just gone you know and I, I know a lot of people who probably hear me right now think god man that that cat is 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 crazy or gone or whatever no it's just passion man and, and nowadays i don't really I, I haven't run across many people like that man because a lot of people if it doesn't come easy they don't want it yeah it's a six minute ass society i want i want it today you know and you gotta be patient and you gotta persevere so would you say all right all right so obviously people are coming to the show and they are listening to you you are by far you know, you look at our numbers on you in particular in our show, the, the most listened to guest we've had, it's not even close. And so they are interested. They are inspired. They, I think they are intrigued about this concept of pain and fear and passion. Right. How, how do those specifics, those concepts translate for, you know, like you said, the many people who, you know, who, you know, don't, aren't going to go to the uh, look, extreme. Exactly. Here's the thing, man. You don't have to be born in hell to, to obtain everything that we're talking about. And I, I don't want any, that's not a, that huge misconception or people to get scared away that you hear the stuff coming out of his mouth. You got to understand. I mean, yeah, take it back from how we were born, how we were raised and the direction we want to go. You can do this and apply this in any direction you go from wherever you're born. Right. Oh, absolutely. And, and the, what I love about buds in which pr from a, from a, a, a cultural and sociological perspective is that we were all from different places. It didn't yeah, matter. Right. Yeah, it, it, didn't, it didn't matter. Right. And, and, and how many times have you guys heard this where, well, who's the guy that's going to make it? It's going to be that jock. It's going to be the, the gangbanger. It's going to be, you know, the college athlete. And, and, and nobody can predict that shit. I was thinking on this right. other day. I think it's sense of humor. <laughs> for you it was <laughs> no i think that the guys who make it through man if you don't have that ability for your sense of humor yeah. to to develop and go dark and, and and progress down that line and if you can't think it's funny enough when you're getting your nuts stepped on out there you quit you go away it's it's that right. I, well i'll never forget man my wednesday night hell week there we are. It was 30 foot, biggest surf in 10 years. We're doing 30 foot. It was 130 foot. Well, I, 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 hey, we're bringing Laird. Almost, you're almost out of 20, we're, out of 20 man. You can start to. We're, we're bringing, we're bringing Laird Hamilton on and I'll prove it. It was an El Nino year. <laughs> I'll bring out the surf report. Are you a Nino year? Yes. Oh, well, okay. You're yeah. all right. You are totally. So, yeah, right. so we did surf passage for like five hours as yard sale. We had like 10 people quit during surf passage on, on, I it was epic. Uh, it was epic. And, so we're going back. We get we do the little bonfire thing. They drive us all crazy on that. And then they someone says something. We get surf tortured in that surf zone and freeze and all that. Well, I remember this one instructor came out, started hammering us, and our one of our class officers who went on to become the this one of the COs over at Damnick screams out, and it was just after Braveheart came out, screams out, "Freedom!" <laughs> and so what they do? They beat the snot out of us for another hour straight, right? Like hammered us and we all loved it. Of course. So is it, I got a question for you. Is it important to allow others to feel your passion, your pain and your fear in order to help you through it or to you to pull them through it? Which, I mean, what is it that's so important about that relationship, David? 
Well, I think it's, I think everything you said is very important because uh, um, I went through all my hell weeks. It was uh, I was always you know the the uh, boat crew leader. Or I was I was always in charge of like you know I had Chris Kyle in my, in my boat crew and a lot of good good guys really in my boat crew and and I found out to be a good leader that you have to let them know that you are scared. God, trust me, man. Like like Marcus was saying, man, I did not come from jack crap, which is why I get so mad and passionate to two people when they talk about. Well, you were just, no, I wasn't Jack. I had no dad. I got beat the hell up by my dad. My mom wasn't around. We had no money. We had nothing. So, so you have to, I, I, I realize how to motivate people. You, you, you got to tell them how scared you are of different things. Like you are afraid and how you are overcoming these things. And, and, and use fear as a motivator. Use humor as a motivator. Use, uh, use anger as a motivator. You know, so... All those things you said are are, are, are very, very important on, on this journey of trying to find yourself and find out which, you know, just what's important. I, I love how you – now, it is a journey, David, and I, and I got to tell you, man, I, I've – you know, I've, I, I lead a blessed life, and, and for, you know, being on – you know, speaking and doing what I do as a coach for 10 years, man, out of the teams now, I've met some amazing human beings, but you are definitely at, at the top of that heap is in the journey in the space you're on, and we touched a little bit about this last interview, but as you move forward in, in, in it, what are the next goals, the next true hurdles that are out in front of you? So that, you know, these ideas, these concepts that you speak with such vigor with, how are they going to continue to grow? How are they going to continue to flourish? And how are you going to utilize them to maximize your thresholds that in your 40s your 50s 60s 70s 80s or you'll probably live to like 190 so how are you going to do that well basically um what i was blessed with was i wasn't blessed with a lot of talent and i'm and i'm glad what i was blessed with with the ability to endure and i had to develop that and that's what i want to teach people so so moving forward my journey it was i was blessed to go through hell and see how i talked and said i said that most people had the woe was me. My life was hard. I was blessed to go through hell. And what I want to do is I want to share my message with people that all you need is a fucking breath of air to be great. You don't need great parents. You don't need a great IQ. You don't need anything. All you need is a breath of air. As long as you are breathing, that's all you need. So, if, so for your survival kit to be great, all I'm giving you is all you need is a breath of air. And I want people to know that. And how my story, I wanted to, my story relates to um, a, a, a black kid, a white kid, a fat kid, a dumb kid, a kid who got beat up, a kid who got bullied, a kid who has a single home, a kid who stepfather got murdered. It relates to almost everybody. I had tons of health issues that I overcome and, and come back from. I'm telling people, you can't give me one damn single excuse why you're not great. Because Why? I can give you the same damn excuses, but I found something in me and I found greatness in me. So I think now my journey is about trying to prove to people that, look, everything you say is a bunch of crap. You're giving yourself a bunch of excuses on why you're not great. I wish I'd give you excuses on why you can be great and what it takes. So that's my thing now. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to set up a, a company of, of, of just trying to go around and spread the word that, hey, it doesn't take nothing but a breath of air. Hit. It's all it takes. And breath. you can be great off of that. A breath of yeah, air. A lot of people, exactly. A breath of air. Right? Don't confuse wanting to be great and then being great while you're trying to get there. 
You should confuse those two, right? You can't. The absolute essential what you need is just, you know, to believe that with a breath air you can accomplish anything. I, you know, I, wh- where can people go to watch you spread this message, to become a part of it? You know, where, where, tell us what your website is. Tell us, you know, how to get in touch with you about speaking. Just give us a little details to, so everybody out there can start finding you and, and, and learning how to take that real breath. Well, I'm on social media right now. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. And my all my stuff is just davidgoggins.com pretty much. And I have a um, a website coming up, davidgoggins.com. And on that, you can just look and you can see how to book me for speaking. And you can follow me on social media, just davidgoggins.com or just David Goggins. I don't know who.com. Just David Goggins. <laughs> At David. Facebook, yeah. Twitter. Because there's only one. I, I just got on this. Social media crap like a month ago, and I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't know about dot com or nothing else. Just David Goggins, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you're blowing it up. I love following yeah. you. I love seeing your messages, man. And uh, I just got to tell you, what an incredible privilege, again, and an honor for you to come back on. I, I can't wait for, for number three. I'll just bring him on like the Goggins hour for the holiday, you know. The Goggins uh, hour. The Goggins hour <laughs> during a holiday session. <laughs> Thank you so much, brother. We love you. Yeah. God bless you, man. Bye. Take it easy, man. Bye. I, I don't even know what to say, bro. I mean, when you listen to that cat talk, not only, I mean, I, I wanted to just start punching things. I wanted to, I wanted to evaluate how much of a wuss I'm turning into. I jump wanted out, to jump j- out the window. I was going to jump out the window over here. <laughs> I was going to beat myself. I was going to start dropping down and doing as many push-ups as I could while he's talking, dude. That's the intensity. I mean, that was a. I've never. I mean, he was. Do you think the audience? Do you think the listeners felt the intensity? Hell, they had us bring him back on. <laughs> Good point. Good, I, mean, I, I did exactly good what point. I was supposed to do. The, uh, the boss said, "Don't just don't don't talk. <laughs> let him go." Let, 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 what do you think about what he got into on this one, though? He, where, where he combined now the fear component of sure. pain and and what that does. I mean, imagine over the years and everything he's been through and everything he's going towards that what drives him. There's so many layers uh, in that. Yeah, that we literally have him on here multiple times just to cut through each piece of it. Well, and that's what I saw this time. You're right. I saw this deeper layer of where he's going. And now it's kind of interesting, too, because he's moving into this greater role of... of you can of, tell he's getting more comfortable explaining it, too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Back I, in the day, he just wouldn't want you hard. <laughs> and that's it. And now he knows with his next role as a motivator, an influencer, a trainer, a coach, and all the, where he's sure. going. Very that's, beneficial he's to anybody got, who listens to it. Dude, when you sat back and 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 I mean, it's, and you did the same thing. This one, uh, it, it's when I do the same thing. I, I, you know how I know when my mouth is open. When I when I'm sitting over here like this, you sit back. I see myself in the computer screen here, and my mouth is open, and I'm like, I'm in awe of of what I'm hearing because you know how difficult it is to to take the intensity. Well, obviously, you know the intensity of who you are, what you are, your profession, what you're able to do. And then translate that into a clear message so other people can try and put it into practice. Sure. Beneficial on that end. And think of the people who, who are already out there doing it, hearing something like that. Right? I mean, there is, there's 
those of us out there have pushed it every single day of our life, thinking that we're hard and we've we've maxed out. But we that's haven't. Not the case. It's not I mean, even close. Yeah. I mean, and look we, at Cameron Haynes. Look at uh, D- Dean Carnassus. Oh, no, look at, it's just unbelievable. Uh, Diana Nyad at, at 58 years keep old. Keep going. Tim, Timmy, Tim, Kennedy, yep. man. You know, just no stopping, no slowing down in them. That's great. So, listen, that was, you know, that's just by far, I love having that man on. I, I know David Goggins' part Trey is going to be amazing, too, as well. Um, and and I so I hope, as a listener, that you really, you didn't get, that David's intensity, it shook you. That's what I really am praying, that you got shaken today, that you felt bad, that you looking are looking at your life and you're putting yourself in check because that's what you need to do. Because once you do that and you gain some truth, your perspective on where you want to go, what purpose you want to have, you have to recognize the only way you get it is with a high degree of sacrifice and pain and dealing with your fear. That's the only way you're going to get there. All right. Before we wrap the show, what we want to do and we typically do is we real, I want to read a, a, a post, a, a submission, a never quit submission from our website. And uh, just listen to this one because this one's a good one. All right. This is from Greg Lucas. My name is Greg Lucas Jr. And I'm a peace officer in Texas. I've been one for over 16 years now. I'm married to the love of my life, and have three beautiful kids. In 2006, I had a major heart attack at the age of 31 and had a stint put in. Things went okay until 2013 when I had another heart attack at the the gym with my son. It was minor. My medications were adjusted and I got on with it. We moved to the hill country in late 2013, and at my new agency, I was promoted to investigator in August of 2014. My oldest son and I had been working out together regularly, and after a while, I just couldn't breathe and had zero energy. A visit to the cardiologist on Thursday in September revealed by the following Tuesday that I I had to have bypass surgery. I ended up having a quadruple bypass and was at home within a week. I couldn't do a lot of things. I went back to work after five weeks and was back in the gym in seven weeks. Started off slow and built myself back up. In March of 2016, I took my family to New Orleans for vacation. The second day we were there, I had a fatal heart attack. I don't remember a thing, but apparently I collapsed face down on Bourbon Street right in front of my wife and kids. By the grace of God, a nurse on vacation raced over. And after hearing that I'd had heart issues in the past, started chest compressions and ultimately saved my life. I had no heartbeat or respiration for around six minutes. New Orleans EMS jumpstart me. And after all was said and done, I, ha- I now have six stints and a defibrillator pacemaker. While I was recovering from the bypass surgery in 2014, my wife bought me a DVD, Lone Survivor, to watch. I watched it and found that I saw a hero and inspiration and in all the guys that were on that mission. For me, the man who spoke most to me is Matt Axelson, a man who, when facing death, thinks of his wife, the love of his life, as well as his brothers and the fight that has to be fought. Is truly, he is truly my hero. The thought of leaving my wife alone made me very angry and inspired to push on. Then I, re- I then read the book by Marcus Luttrell. It was the never quit attitude I read in all the men on that mission and thought, if not me, who? 
If not now, when? That has kept me going. My love for my wife and children has kept me pushing myself. These days, it's hard to find positivity when you work in law enforcement. But I'll keep looking for the inspiration and motivation wherever I can. Thanks, T&Q. Keep motivating and stay fired up. Wow. Good one. Thank you. Yeah. Greg, thank you for sending that in. Pass that to the Axon family. I would. I would for sure. This is, a, this is a powerful submission. And this is what we want everybody to realize, that we all have stories. We all have things to overcome. Greg was over to overcome a, 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 a challenged life with his heart, which even caused him death. But, but by the grace of God came back and he still doesn't quit. So hopefully, as you've enjoyed this show today and you keep coming back, please go and tell your friends that this is a place where you can find motivation. This is a place where we're here. Marcus and my mission and all the guests that come on, it is our mission to expose you, to teach you, to inspire you, to motivate you, that you too have the never quit mindset and that great stories ignite legends. I just want to thank Marcus for doing this show with me. I want to thank David Goggins. I want to thank all of those listeners out there who are helping us make this show the success it is. I want to thank my kids and my family because without you, most likely a lot of times I would, would have wanted to give up. So thank you and thank the Lord. That was a good story. And thanks for everybody, all the listeners, ladies and gentlemen, for, for bringing us back. Thanks to the good Lord above. Obviously the wife. Love you, honey. And... All my, all my friends, keep me getting up every day and pushing around. I, uh, I'm thankful for a lot of stuff, man. And Goggins, buddy, good lord, it's been a blessing knowing you. And uh, yeah, you know, being friends with that dude make you live a long time. <laughs> he ain't killed me yet. <laughs> so love you, brother. I'm out. I'm out. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.